got a miracle. All right, good morning, everybody. Hey, good morning, guys. Look, look at that good-looking group over there. There you go. <laughs> well, it's good to see you guys out here this morning, and uh, it's a nice, beautiful spring day, isn't it? And uh, uh, yeah, yeah, something like that. Spring, spring came here, and then it, it waved to us last week, and then it disappeared. And we'll get spring sometime or another, but. Hey, I, I kind of like the cool air, so I'll, I'll take it while we got it. But anyways, a um, couple of quick announcements about this morning. Uh, we got a couple of things happening today. First of all, uh, today is our last uh, day to give for our, our pavilion special offering. And I want to thank the Lord for what He's done so far in this and trusting that God will continue to provide. And uh, next, next uh, week we'll kind of give the, the results, I guess. But um, either way, the Lord has been so gracious and so kind through this. And, and I want to thank each one of you. Uh, who have given from your heart, but today will be our last day for it, and we've trusted God for it, and I uh, believe that God will take care of it. And then as well, the work on the pavilion, uh, Lord willing, um, and, and Marty will tell me if I'm wrong or not, hopefully sometime in April, between the 1st of April and then the last day of April. Is that about right? Yeah. I, that's a real long time in gap, but uh, if it's good enough for the power company to do that sort of thing, it's good enough for me to do that sort of thing. But, um, but, but uh, praise the Lord for it, and I'm excited for the end result. Um, today as well, for all those who have uh, signed up for the Kids Club to, to help out and volunteer with it, which is kicking off in May, um, um, we, we have a lunch and a training, all right? You don't need to bring nothing except just show up after service if you signed up um, to help out with, uh, with our Kids Club. We're going to uh, eat and uh, have a time of training this afternoon for a little bit. So if you can get in there, you eat fast, I'll talk fast, and we'll try to get you out here and get you trained up. But be praying for that. I'm excited for it. And if you didn't sign up, come on anyways. We still got plenty of bites of food for you, and we'd love to have you, okay? It might drum up some volunteers now. Everybody's going to volunteer get getting some lunch. All right. We're going to have a rec- record for that. But uh, um, this Wednesday is going to be a little bit different. Um, we've got our Witness Wednesday where at 9.30 in the morning, if you're a sort of a, a morning person or want to get out and about, um, and it's supposed to be, I think, the warmest uh, of the week this Wednesday, so y'all come out at 9.30 in the morning, we're going to take the van or cars, and we're going to go out to our community and uh, continue to uh, share um, gospel tracts, but as well, inviting folks to our revival. We've got plenty of those little postcards for revival, so please take as many as you need or want, pass out to your friends and neighbors. Then that evening, we'll have another time at 6.30 where you can either come here and pray, uh, for revival and pray for those who are going out, or you can go out and uh, we'll have um, some groups uh, doing that. So be praying for that. The Lord would uh, bear some fruit. We get to have some gospel conversations with folks and make some connections. And then pray as well for our revival, which will start next Sunday uh, morning. And so Pastor Pauly Pravat, uh, my pastor, who's been my pastor for 20 years, I guess, since I was in the third grade. And so that's a long time ago. Um, but anyways, he's going to be here with us. And uh, I'm very excited, he's very excited, and be praying for this. And I, I promise you this, alright? And I don't promise a, a lot, because I don't always live up to promises, but I promise you this, if you sincerely pray, and you sincerely commit time to take away and sacrifice, to come out and hear the Word of God, and to hear and be a part of this revival meeting, I believe that you receive exactly what you need from the Lord and be revived and refreshed. That's why we do this thing, all right? And so we would love for you to come, love for you to be a part of it. But um, with that, all that being said, 
I want to pray for us this morning, and then we're going to sing and worship uh, our, our Lord today. He is worthy, and uh, let's sing with our hearts. Let's pray. God, our, we're great, uh, we thank you, Lord, just for being so gracious. We're, we're honored to be able to come here today, to be in your presence. Lord, to know that you are here with us, to know, God, that you um, are so faithful to us, Lord, who are often faithless. God, we, we pray uh, that you would meet the need of every heart in here today. We're so thankful that you've been working in hearts, Lord. You've, you've saved souls. You've given victory over sin. You've, you've been stirring within hearts the past few weeks and months. God, we're thankful that, that you are God who desires to work in the midst of your people, and we pray that you continue to do so. Help our hearts to be prepared, not just for a revival next week and to commit to that, but Lord, now, in this very moment, to commit our hearts to you, to, to stand and to sing with our, our hearts and our voices lifted up to you, to praise you, to glorify you, God. I pray, Lord, that today, that as we hear your word as well, Lord, that if there is someone who needs to be saved, that they would be drawn to you, that they would repent of their sin and trust Christ and be born again, God. If, if there's someone who needs conviction of sin or, 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 or encouragement, Lord, I pray that you would... You would give that, and God, that you would fill this place with your power and your presence today, Lord, that you would do a work that only you can do, God, for your name and for your glory's sake. God, we love you, and we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Sorry about that, a little technical difficulty. Good morning, and it's good to be in God's house. I hope you feel the same way. If you're able, please stand. Turn to hymn number 502 if you desire to sing out of the hymnal. In my heart there rings a melody. In Colossians 3.16 it tells us to teach and admonish one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So that's who we're singing to this morning is to the Lord. Because of his grace, we can sing. In my heart, there rings a melody. I have a song that Jesus gave me. It was sent from heaven. school message this morning, the love of God. In Colossians 3.11, 
It says, Christ is all and in all. A very, very unique statement. Christ is all and in all. I like that. All that thrills my soul is Jesus. Hymn number 511. says behold the lamb of god which taketh away the sin of the world magnificent statement there our savior takes away the sin of the world he is the lamb of god and he is seated at the right hand of the throne of god behold our god
Amen. Well, let's show our gratitude and our love toward our Savior by sharing that same love with one another. Wave, turn, smile, grin, holler, and make everyone feel welcome. Thank you very much. Uh, we have some special music now by a crippled Larry Davis. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Look. A little bit hoarse this morning, so y'all say a prayer for him, and I'm sure he'll do fine. Y'all need a mic? Uh, no, I just want to say Apologize to Teddy. Uh, we can't do the song we planned on yesterday, Teddy. Uh, I can sing bass pretty good this morning, <laughs> but uh, I'm going to try to get through one verse of this in the chorus, and then... Old faithful Tony's going to take over for me, I think. I but, much uh, all you got. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess allergies have got the best of me this morning. But anyway, <clears throat> pay close attention to the last verse. Tempted and tried, with off me to wonder how it could be thus all the day long. While there are others living about us, never molested, though in We'll understand it 
songs and good musicians and good singers and good people to listen to all that. Praise the Lord. Join with me as we go to the Lord in prayer. Let us pray. Our precious God and Heavenly Father, we love you today because you first loved us. We thank you, Lord, for your mercy, your sacrifice on the cross of Calvary, your pure, perfect, sinless innocent blood and body that you gave on the cross for us. We praise you and thank you, Lord, for such wonderful love and mercy. Lord, we come to you, Lord, asking, Lord, you'd help us to continue in the song and, uh, Lord, music and the coming preaching here today. We ask, Lord, that all this would bring honor and glory to you, be pleasing to you, and uh, lift up the name of Jesus. And, and you be edified, Lord Jesus, in all that's said and done here today. We ask, Lord, that you would uh, give our pastor freedom, liberty, and boldness, clarity of thought, clarity of speech, power in the Holy Ghost to preach and proclaim your message that you give him. And, Lord, help us to Lord, take heed to it. Help us to listen. May we all be encouraged and convicted where there's conviction needed. And may we all draw closer to you and walk a straighter and narrower way before you, Lord Jesus. Uh, we just ask, Lord, you continue to bless. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, if you're able, as we sing one more song, a great message, please stand and turn to hymn number 762 if you desire to look in the hymnal. We have it overhead also. For today, that will be 1 John 3, 2 tells us that we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. For today, that will be. And there is coming a day when we're going to see him, and we're going to be just like him. There is coming a day when
Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, now we get into the bestest part of the service is the preaching of God's Word. Give our pastor a nice hand. Amen. Wonderful worship this morning. And the worship continues now as we open up God's Word. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter number 1 this morning. Hebrews chapter number 1. I have to confess, I lied to you guys two weeks ago. Um, I told you what I was going to preach on this week, and God said no. So I'm a liar, and God's right, and we're going to get what God has for us today. Hebrews chapter number 1 this morning. Today we're going to look at something incredibly simple, yet incredibly deep and high and wide that can never be exhausted no matter the amount of times that I preach on it or that we study it or look at it, and that is today the greatness of Jesus. God tells us in His Word, in verse number 1 through verse number 3 today, God who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by His Son, whom He hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also He made the worlds, who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person, and upholding all things by the word of His power, when He had Himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the Majesty on high. Let us pray. Lord, I thank You that we can worship You freely today. We can sing. We can glorify You as our hearts are turned to You as we sing the truth of Your Word. But God, now I pray that You would turn us now to the truth that is found in Your Word as we study it, as we open it up. I pray that our hearts and our minds be open to Your Word. God, that whatever the need today might be for every soul in this place, if it's salvation, God, save them. If it's conviction, convict them. If it's encouragement, encourage them. And God, today I pray that You would open up my mouth, that You would speak, that I would be able to be filled by Your Spirit to proclaim the truth of Your Word. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to be looking at three things today about the greatness of Jesus. Jesus' greater Word, His greater worth, his greater work. I want you to know first and foremost today, there is nobody like Jesus. There is no friend like Jesus. There is none that can compare to Jesus. There is no one in this world like Jesus. There is nothing as grand or as glorious, as wonderful, as loving, as marvelous, as hope-giving than Jesus. First of all, today we're going to look at this. Hebrews, I want you to know... There's a million different things to talk and introduce here, but if you were to boil down this book, and it's one of my favorites, to be honest with you, it is that Jesus is greater. He's greater than the prophets. He's greater than the priests. He's greater than the judges, the kings, the whole nine yards, because Jesus is the prophet, priest, and king who has forever fulfilled all three offices forever from eternity to eternity. He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He is God and there is none else. I want us to look today, first of all, in the verses 1 through, through 2 here, that Jesus' word is greater. I want you to know God has spoken. 
God has spoken to us today, and I want you to know how He has spoken. If you have a copy of God's Word, if you have the Bible in your hand today, that is the very Word of God that He has spoken. We need nothing more. We need nothing less. He has given to us exactly what we need. The Word of God is complete, full, final. It is not just infallible and inerrant. It is not only inspired, but it is sufficient not only to save us, but to sanctify us and to one day bring us unto glory where we see the very living Word of God Himself, Jesus Christ the righteous, Jesus our Messiah, Jesus our Redeemer. This book, though it is 66 books into one, has one author and one theme, and that is Jesus Christ, God in the flesh. The God who speaks. First of all, I want you to know about this God Notice here it just says God, who then at sundry times and divers manners. But I want to focus in on this. God. Who is this God that speaks? I want you to know He speaks not because He has to, but because He desires to reveal Himself to His creation. And it is even by His very speech, by His very word, by His very power, that this world was spoken into existence It is by the word of His power that even it sustains an existence. It is by His own power, by His love and His goodness, that this world is not opened up and these pews drop out and we go into hell that we deserve. But it is through the grace of God from eternity to eternity that has revealed Himself unto His people, not just so that we would know Him in our minds, but we would follow Him and trust Him by faith alone in our hearts, that He would change us from the inside out, that He would make us new creatures in Christ Jesus, that He would one day draw us unto a full and final redemption where there will be a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness, where God Himself will be the light to His people, where God will be with us, not just in a church service, but throughout all of eternity. There will be no more sorrow. There will be no more of these things that we've just sung about. Hallelujah! What a Savior! He tells us in Isaiah 45, and I'm going to read a few verses for you. I've got a lot of Scripture and I've got a lot of preaching, and unless you want all four hours of it, you just got to listen real quick. (laughs) Isaiah 45 tells us a few things about God. Specifically, that God is God, and God is God alone, and there are no other gods, and there is none that can compare to God. We've got to get that hammered down and nailed down because we live in a world that serves every god, every idol, that is in the heart of man. It has been said that the heart of man is a, is a factory of idols. And I tell you what it is. This world is lost and undone because it follows the, the God of this world, the prince and power of the air, Satan. It, it follows the world, the flesh, and the devil. It, it has gone and, and followed false gods throughout all of human history because they do not want to turn to the one true God who, who they will stand before one day and, and He will be their judge. and He will judge righteously. But they will not turn to Him now in repentance as He has given them time and time and time again. And I would tell you today is another time, another opportunity that God, this very God who speaks and has spoken, is speaking today to give you an opportunity to repent of your sins and to trust Jesus Christ for your salvation. Today is a day of salvation, not tomorrow, not this afternoon, but right now. Right now, God's grace is being offered. His mercy is being extended. Will you receive it by faith? Or you reject like the heathen. Or you reject like those who say that there are other gods, that there are others that are worth serving. I want you to know there are no other gods. And God Himself wants you to know that there are no other gods. God takes this incredibly serious. He says in Isaiah verse uh, chapter 45, verse number 5, I am the Lord, and there is none else. 
There is no God beside me. This is what God has to say. It's not what Pastor Joe has to say. This is not what Isaiah has to say. God says, I am Lord, the sovereign ruler of His creation, because who can rule over creation unless they've created it? He has the right. He has the rule. He has the keys. He's got the authority. This is His world. This is His universe. We are His because He has created us. Everything belongs unto Him. There is nothing that He is not Lord over. He says, I girded thee, though thou hast not known me. And he's speaking about his people. And, and Isaiah, of course, is giving a, a message to Israel. Nevertheless, here's what else he says. In verse number 6, notice this. He then says that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. Hey, I've heard that before, haven't you? God says it a couple times. You know why? Because he wants you to know that there is no other God beside him. And then he says, I am the Lord and guess what? There is none else. You want more proof of that? God continues in this chapter. In verse 18, He then again says, I am the Lord, and there is none else. How about in verse 21? He then says, There is no God else beside me, a just God and a Savior. He is not just the just judge, but He is the Savior of all mankind who would come unto Him through the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. He says, there is none beside Me, a just God and a Savior. There is none beside Me. How about verse 22? For I am God and there is none else. So when we get to Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, and the very first thing that we see is the word God, we can rest assured who this God is, that God has spoken, and that there is none like Him. And because there is none like Him, there is only one option today, and it is to bow your knee before the Sovereign Lord and King of all creation. He says, Who at sundry times and divers manners spake, in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. The Word of God, this Bible that you have in your hands today, perhaps it's on your phone or your iPad, but if you have the Bible today, you have what God has given. You have what God has revealed to His people. We have the full and final and complete re revealed written Word of God. It is this that reveals who God is. All of His glory, His attributes, His character. The Bible then uh, tells us what God did and does and will do all by His grace. It reveals when God exists and acts, which is eternity. From eternity past to eternity future. You can go as far back if you had a time machine and you still cannot go back far enough to find God. He's there from ever, forever and forever. God always has been, always will be. We are just but specks of dust in this world compared to who God is. But yet He's spoken to you. He has spoken to me. How? This very Word that reveals who He is. And furthermore, it is not just that He shows us in His Word when He exists and how He acts, but it shows us from Genesis 1-1 to the end of Revelation that this is His story. And this is His book. This is His world. This is His plan of redemption. It belongs to Him. Furthermore, it shows us the where. It reveals where God exists and acts in the eternal. Everywhere at once as He is omnipresent. It, it reveals the, the why. Why does God do what God does? Because of His grace and for His glory. 
All things are by Him, to Him, through Him, and for Him. It reveals how God reveals Himself and acts. And we're going to find here that the greatest way that God has revealed Himself is through His Son, Jesus Christ. Now He says here in sundry times and diverse manners, we're talking about different means and modes and as well through the prophets, different men. But yet there is one message. Yet there is one truth. Yet there is truly one author. Yet many authors in the human sense, but yet there is one author that is the Holy Spirit of God who has spoken to these men. But there are different means and modes in the Old Testament of how God spoke. Some very startling ways as well. Moses and the burning bush. You want to know if it was a burning bush or not? Read the Bible. It says it was a burning bush. There's no debate about it. God spoke. Not only there in the burning bush, but He spoke at Mount Sinai and with the thunder and the cloud of glory that consumed. He spoke as the very hand of God that holds the universe stoops down and writes on tablets of stone the Ten Commandments to give to Moses to Israel. How about the writing on the wall in the book of Daniel? How about through the dreams and the visions that God has given from everyone from, from Joseph to Jeremiah all the way to John seeing Christ and His glory in the book of Revelation. But all throughout what we do find is that God and the way that we know about all those events is not because it just got told to us like hand-me-downs, but because God has inspired this Word has given us His truth, has given us His revelation in the written Word of God. There are many charismatic friends today who would say that they've got a new word from God or that they've got a new revelation. I want to tell you what they got. They got a bunch of hogwash baloney is what they got. Any man that says they got a new word or a new revelation, I want you to look at them. Try not to punch them in the, in the nose. It's hard, but try not to. Put, ball it up, put it in your pocket. And I want you to tell them that they are full of the south end residue of a northbound bull. They're a false prophet. They're wicked. And they're being used of the devil. We don't need a new revelation of God. We need to obey the revelation He's already given. I don't need a new word from God. I need a heart that will be faithful in obedience to Him. I don't need a new thing of God. What I need is what God has given. And God has given not just this written word, but to every believer, He has given Himself that the Holy Spirit of God indwells you and I today that know Christ, the same Holy Spirit who was there in eternity past in perfect fellowship with the Father and Son, the same One that was there brooding over the creative order and work in Genesis, the same One that filled the apostles on the day of, uh, of Pentecost, the same One who has sealed you and saved you under the day of redemption, who has regenerated your heart, who has encouraged you, who has taken you to the woodshed at times, who has uh, brought to mind the Scripture because the Holy Spirit of God points us to Christ and points us to Christ through His Word. 
The Word of God is great. The prophets even that were great. They were the, uh, acting as the mouthpiece of God, but as uh, 2 Peter chapter 1 tells us in verse 19, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is any private interpretation. I don't want you to come here and hear Thus saith Pastor Joe. You need to come here and hear, Thus saith the Lord. And if you ever hear, Thus saith Pastor Joe, kick me out of this place. Any other person outside of this church who would ever do the same, you're a charlatan. You're wicked. He says, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Their ministry and their message was proclaiming the divine and direct message of God. Thus saith the Lord, while also promising a coming Messiah. Yet in the Old Testament, still veiled in a mystery. But the great truth in such a literal and as well as a symbolic spiritual way, when Jesus Christ died and cried out, it is finished. And that curtain literally tears from top to bottom. It is not only allow them literally, it's opened up now. But spiritually, it's opened up for all to repent and believe and to trust Christ to be born again. But it shows us that it is Jesus who has broken the veil from the Old to the New Testament, who has taken from law to grace, that the One who has revealed us fully and finally all that God is, is found in Jesus. The written Word is great, but the living Word, Jesus Christ, is great. Jesus, the greater word, just for sake of time today, I won't read, but you can see in John chapter 1, verse 1 through 18, I'm going to read it anyways, okay. (laughs) In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, bless you, and the word was God, the same was in the beginning with God, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made, in him was life. And life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. The Bible tells us he was a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, that his own people rejected him. It says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to the, them that believe on his name. Because I want to tell you this, before we go any further, you will never, ever be born again outside of by grace, through faith, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is salvation Nowhere else except through Jesus. It says, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of Him and cried, saying, This was He of whom I spake. He that cometh after Me is preferred before Me, for He was before Me. He was before all things, because He's the one that created all things. says, And of His fullness have all we received and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Amen. 
No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, He hath declared Him. Jesus not only gives us the written Word, but He is the very living Word. And nothing can compare, and no one can compare to Christ. And as the Lord used prophets in the Old Testament to preach and reclaim, and when you think of prophet, most of the time you just think about, think about the future, their greatest ministry was to call the people to repentance, to cry out. As Isaiah 58.1 tells us here, and I've got it mounted to this pulpit for a reason. Cry loud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgression in the house of Jacob their sins. They were called to preach to God's people to call them to repent for they had gone wayward to draw them back to faith in the Lord God. Not just to faithful obedience, uh, but as well to faithful looking forward to that coming Messiah. And that Messiah has come, but He was despised and rejected. Uh, uh, rejected by His own people. And I would tell you today, that Christ has been offered here today. Do not reject Jesus. For He is greater than anything you'll ever find in this world. He is greater than, you'll, than anything you'll ever find at the, the bottom of a bottle or in a pipe. He's greater than anything you'll ever find on the internet. He's greater than any religion you could ever look into or, or get involved in. Jesus is greater because Jesus is God. And He is the divine, ultimate, and final revelation of God. The revealed Word. The Word made flesh. Now this Bible it is totally God's Word. It is God's Word about God's Son. And, and, and God's Son is God's Word. But this Bible before you, the, the Old Testament, Jesus is promised. In the Gospels, Jesus is presented. In Acts and in the Epistles, Jesus is proclaimed. And in Revelation, Jesus is prophesied. Not only were we in the Old Testament looking forward to Him coming, but He has come. And now we proclaim Him today until He comes again. And Jesus is coming again. Secondly, Jesus' worth is greater. God, who at sundry times and divers manner spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by His Son, whom He hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also He made the worlds, who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person. I'm going to stop there. First of all, He has been appointed the heir of all things. He is the only begotten, eternal, co-equal Son of God. He is God in the flesh. The Son of God sent as the Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. All power and authority as He tells us in Matthew and in the Gospels has been given to Him by the Father so that not only he would be able to save and have the authority to save, not only that He would have the authority over life and death, but that He would have the authority as the judge and the ruler of all things. And there is coming a day where He will rule and reign in a literal kingdom on this world. And He will rule with a rod of iron. He will rule in grace and truth. He will rule righteously and justly. But He alone is worthy. His worth is far greater. All authority has been given to Jesus. And Jesus' perfect obedience and work on the cross and His resurrection from the dead on that third day, according to the Scripture, not only offers eternal life, but it secures it. And it secures 
his worth. Revelation chapter 5 tells us this. I want you to see the worth of Jesus. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside sealed with seven seals. I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven nor on earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. There's not a soul that was worthy. Not the strongest angel, not the strongest prophet up there in heaven, not the strongest believer. Who can open up this seal? Who can open up this book? Who is worthy to do so? John says in verse 4, And I wept much. Why? Why did he weep? He says, Because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to even look thereon. One of the elders saith unto me, Weep not. Behold. Look. Focus in. Cast your attention upon. Behold. The lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth to all the earth. And he came, and he took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts... And four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for Thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by Thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. I can't wait for heaven. Can't wait for heaven because it's not going to look like half of our Baptist churches. It's going to be full of people who never held this Bible like you had. They had a, they had a, a, a scrap of Scripture in, a, in the middle of a communist country where they couldn't have a Bible. They lived in fear, but yet they lived by faith. And they didn't know much, but they had Jesus and they died for Jesus. And they're going to be there. There's going to be plenty there who have never sung these songs or ever heard a good old bluegrass gospel song. And they're going to be there too. You know why? Not because of who they are, what they've done. Not because they're special. And you're not going to be there because you did nothing because you're special. Because ain't none of us good. Ain't none of us worthy. It's Jesus who's worthy. It's Jesus who died. It's Jesus who was slain. But it's Jesus who was raised again from the dead. It is Jesus who has redeemed us to God by His blood out of every kindred, tongue, and people and nation it says in verse number 12 saying with a loud voice worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing and every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And you can keep on going forever. And once you get to forever, we still got forever to go. And the four beasts said, Amen. I bet they said it, Amen, like old brother J.D. Praise God. I hope so. 
And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped Him that liveth forever and ever. And you can keep on going. You know why they worship the Lamb? Because Jesus is greater and He has a far greater worth than anybody or anything. And they are in the middle of heaven. There's none that could open that book, let alone look on. And Jesus walks up, takes the book, and He's about to open it up. And praise God, He's going to open that thing up because we're going to get ourselves, by God's grace, we're going to find ourselves with Him one day after all the judgment, after all the wrath that He has poured out upon these people, out of everything, to walk with Him and to know Him, to see Him face to face. Jesus' greatness and His worth is greater as well because He has created all things. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 through 17 tell us about this. It says, Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether it be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things created by him and for him. And he is before all things. And by him all things consist. Not only by the word of his power did he make all things and create all things, but he sustains all things. If Jesus stopped being Jesus for a moment, you and I would be in hell. Our lives would, would cease to exist. If God's grace and mercy were not continuously being poured out upon you, we would have our last breath taken just like that. We would not be here today. There's not a moment of your life that God's grace and goodness and mercy has not touched and held on to. The reason why you are saved and the reason why you're still saved and the reason why you can have assurance and shout and amen and hallelujah that we're going to heaven is not because of you, but because of Jesus and His power and His worth. He is greater. Furthermore, it says then, who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person. We just read there in Colossians 1.15 that He's the image of the invisible God. Jesus makes the invisible visible. No man has seen God and lived, but yet Jesus says, I and the Father are one. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus comes to reveal the Father, to be the way, the truth, and the life, because no man, no man can come to the Father except through Him. He's the brightness of God's glory. If you could take that time travel trip and you go back even before Genesis 1.1, you go back before God even says, let there be light, what you would find is God and God alone, an unapproachable light, an incomprehensible glory, perfect and holy and righteous in all that He does and in all that He is. The brightness of God's glory tells us that Jesus the Son is all that the Father is. And Jesus radiates and reflects all of God because He is all God. The express image. The word express image is the same understanding of those in this day and age, they didn't have nice fax machines and copy machines like we got today. They didn't have nice Canon printers and all that stuff. What folks would do especially those who are sealing something, is that they would have wax and a stamp. They'd press it. And the exact image of that stamp would now be in that wax. Or perhaps they would take and they would take that hot iron, whatever the design or the logo or the thing might be, and to brand a piece of wood or to brand an animal. And it would be the exact copy of what that is. 
what express image means. It means that all of God's grace and glory is found in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Colossians also tells us in chapter 2, verse 9, For in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. The greatness of Jesus. Jesus' worth is far greater than we could ever expound. Far greater than we could ever dwell on. Lastly today, Jesus' work is greater. Not only is Jesus' Word greater because He is the Word, not only is Jesus' worth greater because He is God from eternity to eternity, that He is the Lamb who is slain, but Jesus' work is greater. And here's this today. Holding all things by the power of His Word when He had by Himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the Majesty on high, First of all, Jesus' work is that He holds all things by the word of His power. Jesus don't need a hammer and nails. All He needs is His word. Jesus don't need duct tape to hold your life together. Jesus just needs to be Jesus. Jesus don't need super glue. Jesus don't need a single thing like that. All Jesus needs is just to be Jesus. Jesus simply being who He is and speaking by His very word, it is His word that does His work. It is by His Word that we find His power. Not only that it is His Word that holds everything together, but it's His very Word that is moving everything right on along right now. I want you to know everything in this world is not falling apart. It's falling into place. Don't think for a minute that God is, is scared or concerned or confused by the times today. He's already told us what's going to happen. It, it, what, are we, what are we doing looking around for an Antichrist for? We're looking for Jesus to come back. I'm not looking for, for this to happen, that to happen. I'm looking for Jesus. If my eyes are focused on Jesus, then guess what? Everything else, while the world's falling apart, I'm going to be perfectly okay because my eyes are on Jesus. Not only does He hold it all together, but He moves it along. I want to show you how He moves it along. Daniel was given a vision and such a gift of God. He's one of the prophets of which he spoke to in sundry times in diverse manners. Praise God for that. You know, some of the great truth is, though, that because you and I <clears throat> know Jesus Christ, we have seen His Word, those that walked with Him that day, they had a fullness of Christ that even Daniel didn't have, but yet Daniel was long and looking forward to that Jesus. He was long and looking forward to Christ coming. He was long and looking forward long ways to the coming kingdom of Jesus. But here's what Daniel has to say. In Daniel chapter 2, verse 19, it says, Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision, Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are His. And He changeth the times and the seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. He revealeth the deep and secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness and the light dwelleth with Him. Then, that's not enough for you. Daniel chapter 4, verse 35. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. 
and He doeth according to His will in the, in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay His hand or say unto Him, What doest thou? God, as we talked about, is God and God alone, and there is none else like Him. And He, by the word of His power, not only creates this world, sustains this world, but He moves this world right on along. This is His plan. This is His purpose. This is His creation. And what we see in these last days that we live in, and I do believe we are living in the last days, you know why? Because so are the apostles. We've been living in the last days since the moment Jesus ascended unto the Father, and we're living in the last days until He comes and calls us out of here. But I believe that time is getting short. I ain't no date setter and I ain't going to be, but I do believe that Christ, Christ is soon appearing. Our salvation draweth nigh. God is moving these world's events right on along by the word of His power. He knows what He's doing. Let's trust Him. Not only does He hold everything by the word of His power, but it says when He had by Himself purged our sins, it means that He has not only forgiven our sins, but He has cleansed it, washed it. It is as if in Christ Jesus, the moment you have been justified freely by His grace, by faith alone in Him, the moment that you were born again, it is not only as if sin did not exist, but it is as if you yourself stood there before God now in all the righteousness that Christ has given to you. Your filthy rags are gone. You're clothed in His righteousness. Your, your ra- it's literally a rags to riches story of salvation. Isn't it? Jesus has saved us and has purged our sins. And notice this, He didn't need your help doing it. He, by Himself, once and for all. Turn over in Hebrews chapter number 9. I want to just read you a few short verses. Hebrews chapter 9. He has done this once and for all. Jesus said in the Gospels, I have the power to lay my life down and the power to take it up again. He had said He was going to be delivered into the hands of sinners. that He would be slain. That He would resurrect from the dead. And He has accomplished that. And He did so for sinners. He did so to redeem you and I by His precious blood. Hebrews 9 tells us, Verse number 11, but Christ, being come and high priest of good things to come, notice this, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by His own blood, He entered once into the holy place. Once. Once. Having obtained eternal redemption for us. Boy, I love that phrase. We ought to use that one more. Eternal redemption. It's got some power to it. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctified to the appearing of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? He's our mediator. And over in verse 20, uh, 22, and almost all things by the law purged with blood, and without the shedding of blood there is no remission of sins. And by the way, it's not only that Jesus might have had to prick His finger and shed a drop, He had to die for your sins. The idea of the blood, it is that He had to be slaughtered as the Lamb of God. 
And it was not. It was not the Jews. It was not the Romans. They were instruments for Almighty God the Father Himself who it pleased the Father to bruise, to crush the Son. Why? To get eternal redemption for us by the blood of Jesus. And look at this. It was therefore necessary that the pattern of things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. Jesus is greater, He's greater, He's greater. For Christ has not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figure of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. What a priest we have! Nor yet that He should offer Himself often as the high priest entered into the holy uh, into the holy place every year with the blood of others. He had to sacrifice for himself and sacrifice to the people. Daily there were sacrifices and yearly the, the Day of Atonement. I want you to know we've got that Day of Atonement and it was that dark day on Calvary's hill where Jesus Christ, the Son of God, bled and died, was slain as the Lamb of God for your sins and my sins. And He has atoned and offered the atonement, the satisfaction of God's wrath for sinners slain. He has done so for us once and for all. Once and for all. It says, For then must He often have suffered since the foundation of the world, but now once in the end of the world hath He appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of Himself. And as it appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for Him shall He appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Christ is coming again. And my hope my salvation, my sanctification, my glorification is not found in me and my works, but it is found in the finished work of Jesus. It is found in His precious blood. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Yes, it is the blood of Jesus that is my victory. Here's the great thing. It gets greater. He tells us, not only that He has purged our sins, that's His work. Look at this. Sat down on the right hand of the Majesty on high. I want to tell you something. You ever wondered what's the significance of Jesus sitting down now at this point? There's a reason. Y'all ready for this? The Old Testament priests, they had to offer sacrifices daily. Blood and sacrifice, blood and sacrifice. Washing, this, over and over. Trying to keep the law, trying to fulfill, trying. And year after year, the Day of Atonement. Year after year, the Day of Atonement. Year after year, the Day of Atonement. Their work was never finished. Their work continued daily and yearly. Once they begun the work, they were going to work that work until they couldn't work that work no more until they died. But the Old Testament priests, they had no seat for themselves in the tabernacle because their work was never done. Day by day and year by year. Restless. Working. Never to be able to rest and have the work and be able to look back and say, ah, that was the last day of atonement. Finally. 
Nope, it was always, we've got to keep inspecting, we've got to keep preparing, we've got to keep on sacrificing. Jesus, after He has purged our sins, has sat down on the right hand of the Majesty on high because His work is full and final. Jesus' work is satisfactory and sufficient for all people and for all time. Jesus is greater. A greater word. A greater worth. And a greater work. Jesus is the greater prophet. He's the best preacher ever to live. And not only is He the best preacher, He's the message, baby. He's the priest. And a greater one. He didn't have to go into the tabernacle or the temple and sacrifice any other animal. And he didn't have to keep doing it year by year. Because not only is he the priest, the mediator for our sins, to go to God on our behalf, but he is God who has come to man. And he himself is not just the one who makes the sacrifice, he is the sacrifice. And Jesus is a greater king. David was a good one, Josiah was a good one. They had some good ones. But nobody is like King Jesus. Only one, only one does it say that when they return back to this world, that says that they've got a name that says King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I tell you today, Jesus the King of Kings and Lord of Lords rules righteously and the majesty of His eternal glory which is seen Jesus our Lord. Do you know Him? Do you know this King? Do you know this greater Jesus than anybody and anything else that has ever come? Do you know Him? Are you trusting in Jesus? Are you not tr- I don't want you to trust in your works. I don't want you to trust in your membership. I don't want you to trust in what you've always known, what you've always heard. Today you have heard plainly and clearly as best as I know how by God's goodness and grace that Jesus is greater Not only does He have a greater word and worth and work, but today, dear sinner friend, Jesus is greater than your sins. Dear saint, Jesus is greater than your problems, than your your hard heart. He's greater than your coldness. As a matter of fact, it is this same Jesus who is able and mighty not only to save your soul, but as well to take your hardened heart, dear saint, and to soften that thing right up. It is that same very Jesus who is able to take your cold heart and warm it. through the Gospel, through His life, through His death, through His resurrection, through His own goodness. Today, Jesus is greater. Let's all stand. I don't really know a way to wrap this up and put it on a nice pretty bow for you. Except today is this. If you don't know this Jesus, come and bow before Him. Ask Him to save you and He will save you. He will purge your sins. The work has been accomplished on your behalf. You ain't got to do a single thing except trust. Put your faith in Him. Today, dear saint of God, if you're struggling, if your heart is hard, if your heart is cold, if you're in need, if you're struggling, if you're just having one of those days, I want you to know, no matter what you've got in your life today, Jesus is greater. Come unto Him. As the piano plays, this altar is open.
Heavenly Father, we're grateful for this day. Grateful for your goodness, your grace, and your work in hearts and lives. God, I pray that you would strengthen us, that we would see that you are greater than all things, or that we would trust you. God, that we'd be faithful as you are faithful to us. Help us to go from this place, leave rejoicing, but God, if there's unfinished business, pray that that soul would not leave this place today without settling with you. Lord, we thank you for who you are, for what you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's uh, sing one more song for God's glory and his honor. It tells us in Psalm 63, 4, Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. I will bless thee, O Lord. Hymn number 174. about the meal, <laughs> free food, and choir practice, <coughs> choir practice, 530, we didn't mention that, I hope that was